0: Welcome to House to Home Podcast. It's here that we'll learn how to cultivate an eternal haven in our temporary world. So grab a cup of coffee, do the dishes, or even take a drive in your car. Whatever it is you do while listening, I hope you feel right at home. house to home podcast i am your host brianna scroggins and i am on my own once again today if you've been following our podcast all the way through you know that i have two co-hosts one being my husband the other being my pastor's wife and they come on here regularly to talk with me but today it's just me once again and i'm going to be doing part two on the series of daily rhythms. We're actually doing a full series on rhythms where we're gonna be talking about daily, weekly, and yearly rhythms. But last time I talked about daily rhythms and I sort of talked about the non-negotiables of daily rhythms. So what I mean by that are the things that you do each and every day that you do no matter what. And I encouraged you guys to think about your non-negotiables. And I then shared the non-negotiables in our family and what I think and believe should be non-negotiables for every Christian, which really boils down to prayer and devotion. I think every single day, no matter what we're doing, whether our day is crazy and a mess or it's beautiful and organized, every single day should be filled with prayer and devotion to the Lord. And what I mean by devotion is Bible reading, reflection, that sort of thing. And we talked about how we can listen to the Bible, how there's all sorts of apps out there, how we can read our Bible. And some days it may be reading a few chapters. Other days it may just be grabbing in a few verses. But each and every day, we should be doing those things as Christians. And then I went on to talk about just the non-negotiables that we do. So some of the things in our family... Our meal times, and I think that's pretty much a non-negotiable for most people. Most people are eating each and every day. But I talked about how we make a point to eat our meals around the table as much as possible because it brings us together. It makes us fellowship. Fellowship was another non-negotiable. If you're single, this may be a harder one. I kind of talked about that. But we should be fellowshipping as much as possible. We talked about physical... Cleansing. We talked about personal hygiene and we talked about how that relates to repentance and how we are bodies and souls and how we cleanse both of those and both of those are important. What I hope that you did after listening to that podcast is I hope you kind of reflected on your day and you thought and kind of made a mental note. It's not like you have to write it down, but make a mental note. What do I do each and every day in my life? Do I always have a cup of coffee? Do I always go by Starbucks? Do I work out every day? do i read do i watch my show every single day do i listen to music every day do i take a nap do i have a quiet time your day is going to look so much different than my day and my day is going to look so much different than my neighbor's day and our days should be looking different we all have different callings different gifts and we are expanding the kingdom of christ in different ways and so when we talk about daily rhythms the reason why i wanted to talk about non-negotiables is because it is so hard to pinpoint And say, okay, this is what we should be doing or this is what you should be doing. I can tell you what my day looks like and a lot of the listeners that I have are probably similar to me. We probably have a lot of stay-at-home moms that listen. We probably have a lot of families that their structure looks similar to our family life, but I'm sure that I have a few listeners out there that aren't in the same season as me, that aren't stay-at-home moms, that may be single, that want to be married and aren't or that are missionaries or whatever. I'm sure we have so many people in different seasons. So when I talk about daily rhythms, it's hard because mine's going to look so much differently. That's why I want you to look and think about those non-negotiables. What are the things you're doing each and every day? And are they glorifying God? Are they things that you want to keep doing daily? Do you really want to go by Starbucks every morning and spend money on coffee? Or should you be making coffee at home? Um, Do you even want to drink coffee every morning? Is it something that you would rather cut out of your day? Or is it something that you enjoy? I just want you to think about these things. I want you to think about, are you praying? Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying with your family? Are you eating meals around the table? What are the things that you're doing and how are they glorifying to the Lord? I just got my hair cut yesterday and my hairdresser is an entrepreneur. She's started her own business. All of her children are school age. And so she is in a very different season than I'm in. All my children are in the little years. I've got four and under, and I have three of them that are four and under. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm here most days with them. They're here. None of them are in school. I homeschool the four-year-old, and so we are at home a lot, and my days look way different than her days, whereas she is out and about majority of the day cutting hair and being around people, and her kids are in school. So her life is structured a lot different than my life. Her daily rhythm looks a lot different than my daily rhythm, but yet we're still doing a lot of the same things. We're both still waking up. We're both still eating breakfast. We're both still providing for our children. She may be packing lunches and sending them off to school while I'm cooking breakfast and getting homeschool curriculum ready around the table. She's still coming home and eating dinner with her family. There are a lot of similarities yet a lot of differences, I'm not going to be able to tell you guys this is exactly what your day should look like. That's going to be something that you're going to have to reflect on, pray about, and see, okay, Lord, what are some of the things that I can do? So in today's podcast, in part two of Daily Rhythms... Since we've already talked about the non-negotiables, I kind of just want to talk more about your liturgy of your day, your domestic liturgy. I want to get a little bit more practical, maybe give you some tips that hopefully people in all seasons can utilize. So again, I may be talking more to the stay-at-home mom because that's what I am, but hopefully all of our listeners can kind of glean some wisdom from this daily rhythm advice. Just like the church, we have a liturgy. You may go into a church that has a very high liturgy and things are structured. You know what to expect. Maybe it's in their bulletin and you know, okay, first they're starting with prayer. Then they're going to move on to a call to worship. Maybe they have announcements before the call to worship. Maybe there's a part where we do offering, and they do that the same, and we're going to take the Lord's Supper, and the message is going to be preached, and all of it is outlined in the bulletin for you to see, and it's pretty much the same every week. It's very intentional. The pastor, the elders, they've thought about this. They've put it together for a reason. There's a reason why the announcements are before the call to worship. There's a reason why we pray the prayer of repentance before we take communion. There's a reason why communion is after the sermon. It's very thought out. There's meaning behind it. It's a liturgy. However, you walk into a church that maybe kind of does the whole go with the flow or leading of the spirit, they might say. And you walk in and there's no bulletin and you don't know what's coming next. But it's still a flow. It's still a liturgy. It may not be as structured. It may not even be as thought out or planned. But either way, there's a liturgy there. And that's sort of the same with our lives. Whether you've really thought about it or you haven't, you still have a liturgy. You're still doing some sort of work. You still have some sort of pattern. Think about the word rhythm. When we think about that word, it's a beat, right? And the beat can change. Maybe the beat is steady. Maybe it's organized and it's familiar and you know, and you know how to sing to it, you know how to walk to it, you know how to dance to that beat. But what do we do when that beat starts going a little bit faster or gets a little bit crazier? Or someone comes in and starts playing new music to that beat or they completely change your beat up. What do we do? Does everything fall apart? Or can we go with the flow and can we change with the rhythms of life? I hope that you can. And that's why I hope you think about those non-negotiables because even if your day and the rhythm gets really offset... I hope that you can still find consistency in the Lord because we have a God who is never changing. We have the word of God that is always the same today and forever. It goes across cultures. It goes across barriers, across states and seas and countries. No matter where you are, you can still apply the word to your life. No matter what your daily rhythm is doing, no matter what your domestic liturgy is doing, I hope that you can still find some consistency in the Lord. And I hope also, though, that you put some thought to your structure. Whether everything goes as planned, we still must go on. The church service still goes on, right? The church that has the laid out liturgy and the thought through plan, maybe something gets messed up. Maybe their piano player is sick and they've got to change the music all of a sudden. Maybe a kid yells out in the middle of service and disrupts the service. You still have to go on. Church doesn't just stop because you have an interruption or you have something that offsets you we still go on with the service awkward as it may be we keep moving and that's kind of the same in life awkward as it may be or as hard as it is to have changes in our days we still must go on and if we have a structure to fall back on it makes those crazy days a little bit more manageable if you're like the church who has the thought out liturgy who has the plan He was thinking about the reason why we do communion, the reason why we have a call to worship. Why do we read the scriptures? Why do we confess our faith? Why are we singing? Why are we singing hymns? What are we singing? Putting thought behind what we're doing instead of just going through the motions is so crucial, not just because it makes those crazy days more manageable, but because it brings truth and beauty and goodness to our lives. It is molding us and shaping us. What we are doing is shaping who we are. And so if we're just going through the motions and we're not thinking about what we're doing, at the end of our lives, we're gonna say, what was I doing and who am I? But if you're putting thought behind what you believe and you're letting that work out through what you're doing throughout the day, I hope that at the end of your life, in the middle, and even right now, you're able to say, I don't have it all figured out. But I know that what I'm doing is glorifying the Lord. And in the moments that it doesn't, I'm able to repent and go back to him and to his word and ask for help and ask for strength to get through those hard days when maybe the rhythm gets offbeat. What you believe about the Lord, what you believe about the Bible, what you believe about the world, your worldview, all of that is going to work out through what you do in a day's time. So I encourage you to put a little bit of thought into what you're doing each and every day. And then when you find yourself in a hard season or a season of change, you're able to kind of fall back on something or you're able to adjust. So when the babies are napping at different times or daylight saving times hit, the kids move out or the parent moves in and you're taking care of your parent all of a sudden, or you move locations altogether, or you start homeschooling or you start sending your kids off to school or the husband starts working late, no matter what it is, we have to adjust and stay steady. Just like I've talked about in the past, you have to have those roots that dig down deep and that are grounded in order to withstand. In order to grow healthy fruit, we have to be a healthy tree. We have to have those roots that dig down deep in that good soil so that we can be strong when the storms come, so that we can produce good fruit and not rotten fruit, so that we're strong, healthy trees. And so just a few tips. Some things that help me in my day are keeping my mind organized is one. That's probably the most important one. And what I mean by this is whether you got to plan your day out how you liked or whether your morning has gone wonderfully or not, or maybe you got news that day that you weren't expecting or you woke up sick or you were up all night with the children, if your mind is in the right spot... Everything else can kind of be going crazy around you, but if your mind is healthy and organized, then it doesn't matter if the house is organized, doesn't matter if the circumstances are organized. If your mind is organized, the rest of it will be okay. And so this is why I think it's so crucial and why I talked about the non-negotiables of prayer and devotion. If you don't get to the dishes that day, if the kids are sick and you have to tend to them all day, or your plans that you had go in the trash. If your mind is organized, if your mind is fixed on the Lord, if you've been in prayer, if you've been in your word, then you're able to carry those fruits of the Spirit. You're able to be patient when the children aren't patient. You're able to be gentle when the children are fighting amongst each other. You're able to be peaceful. You're able to have peace when your day is full of trial or full of craziness. You're able to carry these fruits of the Spirit along with you. You're able to be joyful when the people around you aren't. So maybe you're walking into the workforce and the people that you're working with are not joyful and they're not peaceful. Maybe they're gossiping and they're angry and they're not having a good day and maybe they don't enjoy their job. But you're able to walk in with joy. If your mind is in the right spot, if your heart and your minds are set upon the Lord and they're organized, it doesn't matter if your house is a mess it doesn't matter what's going on in life your mind is able to kind of be at peace and we talked about how having an organized home helps to have an organized mind and that's true and that's right but you're going to be in seasons and hard seasons where things are kind of kind of have to go to the back burner i talked about this in the last podcast how i've been recovering and i've been ill and i haven't been able to you know mop and sweep my floors or dust or clean a toilet or clean a bathtub or even get to the dishes like i like or make meals my mind can be fixed on the Lord and I can be asking him, okay, how can I today be obedient to you? I may physically not have the strength to get the things done that I want and that I should, the things that are on my to-do list, but this is the season I'm in. I'm in a season where I need to rest. I'm in a season where I need to take it easy. And so how can I be most obedient to you in this time? And he shows me he shows me that i can sit on the couch and read lots of books to my children i can take them outside and just take it easy and not have to worry about doing all sorts of things i can spend a lot more time reading there's things that i can do and be obedient and still be glorifying the lord even if i'm not going 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 keeping your mind organized helps to keep our days organized Another little tip is planning the night before. If you're not a huge planner, that's fine. I do encourage people to get a planner or a calendar or even just a sheet of paper where they can write down the night before or the evening before or even the day before what to do the next day. So make a little to-do list. You don't have to plan out the whole week. If you want to and you're a planner, go ahead. I do, I kind of plan out my week. I kind of do it week by week and when a new month hits, I pull out the new month calendar and I write down everyone's birthdays and I look over it and I write down our events and then I have a planner, a different planner that I write in week to week what I'm gonna do and that kind of helps me stay organized with homeschool and church life and home life and family life. But if you're not that organized and you don't enjoy that, that's fine. Just be one day ahead. That's all it takes. Even if it's just at night before you go to bed writing down, okay, tomorrow I need to organize the summer clothes. I need to call the doctor. I need to make sure my daughter does her reading. I need to make sure that I clean the toilets upstairs, whatever it may be you just write it down. That's your to-do list. And add things on there. If you're not good at spending time in your word, if you forget or you don't have a habit of it, add that on there so that physically you're writing it down and physically you can see it. So again, you don't have to be super planner. You don't have to sit down every new month or sit down every week and plan out your weeks and your month. Just be one day ahead. If being organized is a hard thing for you, that's my advice. A really cool thing that I like, and this is good for me in this hard season, I have a friend who I was texting and she was just giving me encouragement in this season saying she was praying for me and something really neat that she said is she likes to have a restorative routine in times like this, in times that are hard, in times where physically we can't be doing, so maybe after having a baby or having an illness or if kids are sick She basically talked about allowing yourself to have room for rest, and she called it the Restorative Routine. So R-E-S-T, she capitalized those, Restorative Routine. And she basically said, it's genius, I think. Okay, so she said, I know when we're down and not able to maintain our ideal schedules, it always helps for me to have some sort of restorative routine. Again, capital R-E-S-T, capitalize the rest. So instead of doing school after tidying the house, We would gather in the living room and we would cuddle and listen to an audiobook or a kid's podcast, and it's a chance for us to rest while still giving some structure to the morning. So basically she's saying, you know, instead of doing the tidying the house or going on to the next project, she would do something that's a little bit more restful but still kind of gives that structure structure. Putting on an audiobook or sitting around and reading a book, something that you're still able to do that's restful, but is still giving structure. And I think kids' audiobooks, kids' podcasts, or just an actual physical book is great for that. And then also don't feel bad in those hard seasons when you have to utilize the TV with little ones. I many times had to lay down on the couch, put a movie on for the kids, and just kind of rest there because even my mind didn't want to look at a book and I didn't want to open my eyes to read. I was just, oh, I needed to close my eyes I had a headache and I just wanted to rest but if you are if you're like okay my kids have had way too much tv maybe look into kids podcasts or look into audiobooks if they're old enough to kind of engage in those and even if you don't think they're old enough sometimes they shock you and they enjoy those so just try it out it doesn't hurt to try and be okay with saying no in times where you're busy or when you're trying to plan your schedule don't feel like you have to say yes to everything but find the things that are the right things to say yes to I think each and every one of us can kind of get caught up in trying to juggle too many things or do too many things. I think this is a time to talk to your family about it. Talk to your husband. So sit down with your husband and say, you know, what do you think we need to be focusing on as a couple? What do you think I need to be focusing on right now as a wife? Consider what your husband is doing. Consider his schedule. Right now, we are in a very different busy season of our life where my husband is in seminary. He's also working full-time. He's also preaching multiple times a month, our church, and at a different church. He's an elder at our church, so he has responsibilities there. And of course, he's a husband and a dad. He has a lot on his plate, a lot more than he ever has. And so for me, in this season, I'm able to say, okay, this is just a season where I'm going to have to say no to a lot of things that I typically in the past wouldn't. I'm not going to be able to host Bible studies in my home. I'm not going to be able to have as much, um, Hospitality as I used to as far as bringing people in and having dinners every weekend I'm gonna have to say no to a lot I'm gonna have to put my focus on my family and on my husband allowing him to have some space to breathe when he is home because he is So busy and he does the same for me after I have a baby or when I'm in a busy season like when I'm ill He makes sure that there's space to allow me to rest and space to allow me to be, that our schedules aren't getting so busy. Because if I'm busy, he's busy. If he's busy, I'm busy. If the children are busy, the whole house is busy. And that's fine if you're busy with the right things. Pray about it. Talk to your husband. Do your kids really need to be in these sports? Or can you figure out a way to where you're not running all the time? Figure it out. Simple things like that sometimes can really bring a lot more structure and a lot more peace to our household and to our days. Another thing, this is one of my favorite tips, is pick up after yourself. It's that easy. If you're not a huge cleaner and you don't like to clean every week, I do, and I'll talk about this probably in one of our weekly rhythm podcasts, I make a point to have a day scheduled out each week to clean the house. However, it makes it so much easier to stay on top of things if you're just picking up after yourself. And you may be like, okay, Brie, yeah pick up after yourself. That's simple. But it's actually not that simple. I'm finding more and more after having more kids, for one, and then just being around people in general, that we don't really know how to pick up after ourselves anymore. If we get the toothbrush out and we brush our teeth, we leave it on the counter. We'll put it back in the cup or wherever you put your toothbrush. Or if we wash our face and we get the face wash out and we get the washcloth out and maybe you have other fancy things that you do when you wash your face, lotion or oils or whatever, you have some sort of routine, you get it all out and you leave it out. We'll just put it back up or here's a big one that everyone likes to talk about. You take your dirty clothes off, you leave them on the floor, put them in the hamper. You know, we throw ours down the down the stairs. We throw ours down the stairs and then they go in the hamper that's in the laundry room. Or if kids get toys out, teach them how to put them up if they're done playing. I have some tips on our Instagram page about this that you can look. I think they're under cleaning tips or home tips. We have lots of different things that we do when it comes to tidying up. And I'll share more of those as our podcasts go on. But simply just pick up after yourself. After lunch, after you feed everybody lunch, clean up the dishes, rinse them put them in the dishwasher or put them in a side um, of the sink. That's These are the rinsed dishes. Wipe down the tables, clean the faces, and be on with your day instead of just leaving it all sitting out. Um, after breakfast, when I cook breakfast, I may cook something simple like eggs and toast, and we eat. Well, then I clean up the table. I wipe down the counters. I wash the pan that I had the dishes in it doesn't take that long it's like 10 minutes the kids are playing around and then we move on we move on to homeschooling or we move on to go play outside or but just cleaning up after yourself really helps instead of just letting the dishes pile up letting the clothes pile up on the floor or leaving everything out and then you have to go around the house and pick it all up there's lots of different things that you can do and again we'll talk more about this in like a cleaning podcast or something that's another tip just pick up after yourself Set timers. A lot of people like to set a timer. Okay, I'm going to set a 20-minute timer, and we're just going to pick up as much as we can. And don't feel like you have to pick up every little thing after your kids. If you have littles at home, you know as well as I do, you will be picking up all day. And it's kind of like shoveling snow in a snowstorm, but you have to do it, otherwise you get snowed in. There has to be some sort of pickup. Figure out what works for your family. Another thing that I didn't quite talk about in the non-negotiable episode was quiet times and naps. I have kids that are still napping. You may not. You may not be at home to do this you may be working maybe when you're on your lunch break though you can have a sort of quiet time or you can read your bible on your lunch break do something that is a little bit more letting your mind rest, letting yourself kind of be at ease because I've talked about it before. We live in such a fast-paced society. We're very technology-minded. We're always being stimulated. I think quiet times are important. We don't do this every single day. We do naps every single day for my youngest two, and then my older one who is going to be five, she'll do a quiet time most days, and some days she'll even nap. But I think it's important a lot of days because kids, they don't stop until you tell them to stop. They will just keep going 90 miles an hour and never skip a beat. And so we have learned that you really have to cultivate this for them because otherwise they don't really know how to rest. They don't really know how to take it easy. I will make my five-year-old lay down on the couch and I'll put on scripture for her or I'll put on some peaceful music, classical or worship or hymns, and she'll take a allotted amount of time out to sit there and rest or sometimes she's able to sit in her little reading nook and she can have books and stuffed animals and just play quietly there but it has to be something that is quiet time related i think that's really important if you're at home with children because we can all kind of go through the day skipping from one thing to another and then you kind of feel a little bit stressed a little bit disheveled, a little overstimulated no one has had time to rest If your kids are past nap times, I think it's really important because then they're not taking time to even shut their eyes and take a nap. So then I feel like they need the quiet time even more. So maybe consider doing quiet time, adding that into your days or adding that into most of your days. So those are just a few tips. I hope they kind of help. Again, I can't tell you guys exactly what your daily rhythm should look like, but I hope that between this podcast and the last podcast, you can think, okay, what are the things that I'm doing each and every day? Are these things that I want to keep doing? If not, how can I stop them? And what are some things that I want to do? How can I add these in? And don't be legalistic about it try to find what fits your family best. If you're having trouble, again, talk to your husband about it, pray about it, spend some time, maybe write it down, maybe write down a little rhythm. So a normal day in our house is kind of gonna look like this. If it's a weekday, a Monday through Thursday, my husband has Fridays off, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday are a little bit more unstructured because dad's home, we might go shopping or we might go out and do family day things. They're just a little less structure to those weekends, but a normal weekday in our house is gonna look like this. We're early risers, so we wake up between five and six. My kids are normally up by 6.30. They don't really sleep past that. We wake up, I get breakfast going, I feed everybody, we eat around the table, we pray over that breakfast. The kids then will go play or they'll watch a show. I will do my devotion and my prayer time. They know that that's my time. So it's pretty much ingrained in them. Even when daddy's home, that's his time. It's pretty much ingrained in them. They know where we're at. They know where we're sitting. They know they can come and they can talk to us, but for the most part, they need to be mindful that mommy and daddy are doing their devotion. Some days it's long, some days it's short, but we'll do that devotion. Then we normally move on to some homeschool-related things and activities because, again, I'm homeschooling my older one. I'll let the little ones kind of do what they want. I've got a one-year-old who naps around that time as well, so I'll put him down for a nap. Then after homeschool, it's kind of like free play until lunch. They find something to do or I'll give them things to do. They can go outside normally the one-year-old is up by lunch and so we'll eat lunch again we meet around the table we pray we eat lunch i make a point to not have my phone out at lunchtime and meal mealtimes so i put my phone up as much as possible and i try to look my kids in the eyes talk with them pray with them and eat a meal if i'm not sitting down eating if i'm decided I'm gonna eat after I put the kids down or I'm giving them something quick or we're just having a little bit of a hectic moment. Honora almost always says, I don't like eating on my own. She really wants me to sit down and eat with her. So I try to make a point to do that. And I don't like eating on my own, you know? I mean, I do sometimes because I like that alone time as a mom. As humans, we were meant to not do it alone, right? We were meant to fellowship and she craves that. And so I try to sit down and engage with them in those times. And then it's nap time for my two-year-old it's quiet time for my four or five-year-old. The other little one-year-old will play or sometimes he'll be going down for his second nap around that time. So we do quiet time. Normally my older one likes to play around and do her own thing while the two-year-old is napping because it's kind of like a break. They play together all morning and then it's kind of like her break. So she'll do things that she can't do like puzzles or she'll play with little pieces to little things that she can't normally have out when the babies are up and about and then from then to dinner time it's more kind of free play i may try to get some tasks done in the house i try to let the kids help me with these tasks i try to let them come with me and if they're if i'm folding clothes i try to help them do it with me if i'm doing dishes they can kind of help if i'm cooking a dessert or meal they can help me do that if i'm picking up We do pick up, okay, everybody clean up. We normally clean up before dad gets home, at least a little bit. They engage, they help with that. I try to invite them in to the daily tasks. So normally around that time, we're doing some task-related things. We might be cleaning or doing something like that. And then dad gets home, so we start working on dinner. I'll have them help me if it's a night where I'm like, I don't need the help. (laughs) I may put on a little show for them or tell them to go into the family room. It's really great because we have a family room so I can say, all right, everybody in the family room and that's where all the toys are and they can go in there and play. That's where everything is that they could ever need. So they can either sit at the table color or do a craft or get coloring books out or they can go into the family room and play while mom's cooking dinner and getting things together unless it's one of those nights that I'm like come join me and then dad gets home again we eat dinner on the table that's always the crazier time because dad's home everyone's excited and happy and talking and sometimes crying and fussing for dad's attention but we're all around the table after that we typically do bath times or family time so we'll go upstairs time for bath Or we'll spend some time in the family room and play. Dad's home so everyone's together. We'll go on walks. Or sometimes, I need a break. (laughs) I've been with the kids all day. Dad will take the kids, and if he's doing bath time with them or he's playing with them, I can go do some things that I didn't get to do during the day. Fold some laundry, put away some things. Most of the time, he's taking them to bath, and I'm cleaning up down here and just getting some peace and quiet while I clean. And now my older one is getting old enough to where she doesn't want to take a bath with the little babies She wants to take a shower on her own So she'll stay down here with me a lot of times and clean or she'll just do puzzles quietly And we'll maybe read a book together before we go up and that's some good one-on-one time for us And then after that it's bedtime and like I said before we pray with our kids every night We read books with them and then we put them down to sleep And then after that mom and dad have some time together, but normally i'm so pooped by that point I go to sleep. I know I won't always be in this season. So here's some encouragement to those of you who are up at night with babies. Maybe you're nursing a baby or maybe your kid is having a hard time waking in the middle of the night, whatever it may be. Remember, it's a season. You will sleep again one day. Try to be obedient, as obedient as you can. Use those times in the middle of the night when you're up to pray over those children, to pray over your family, to pray over other people, people that are hurting and ill and need your prayers. When the Lord wakes me in the middle of the night, I try to always use that time to best glorify Him, and what other way can I do it but pray? And so use that time. Pray. It doesn't take a whole lot to do. If you're up anyway, you might as well do it. Utilize the time you have during the day. Make the most of it. That's what our day looks like. Your day might look totally different. But again, think about your non-negotiables. Think about your domestic liturgy. Think about your rhythm. Is it a steady beat? Is it crazy and chaotic? Can people come in and understand the rhythm and jump on board? Is your family able to play along with that song and dance to that song? Or are they completely confused? No one knows what they're doing. No one has any clue what key you're in or what rhythm is going on. That can be confusing. That can really make for a stressful household, it can. And so find some sort of rhythm, find some sort of liturgy to your day. There's so many things in our life that are moving to a rhythm. From your laundry washing in the washing machine, from your dishwasher clinking and clanging, from the laughter of your kids to your heart pumping, most things in life go to a beat, go to a rhythm. So find the rhythm of your life, find the rhythm that your family can best walk to, can best dance to, can best sing to. Find that rhythm. This month's giveaway is brought to you by Yours Truly, House to Home Podcast. This month, we are giving away two of our favorite family resources on the Sabbath. One is a children's book called Open the Church Doors, and the other is Parenting in the Pew by Robbie Castleman. Both of these books will help you and your children prepare for the joy of worship each and every Sunday. If you'd like more information, then please visit our Instagram page and look for the picture of the two books. There you can enter to win. Good luck!